in, well, I can't see in, in the dock. Can I know. you see this McDonald's coffee here? Are you serious? Uh, what can I say? You and McKnight just ridicule me from coffee and the wine I drink. Oh, but, my gosh. But, you know, I'm Christian Missionary Alliance, and we're cheap. <laughs> well, and I gather you're sticking to that. Um, you know, the question is, do I have any choice? <laughs> Al, greetings. How are you, by the way, there in Vancouver? I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. Well, you know, Vancouver. How could you not be doing fine in Vancouver? A, um, the question is, this, a, this is an audio uh, cast, right? That's, not, that is correct. It's not video. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we don't, uh, we wouldn't want to do uh, uh, video with me looking like I look. Dave's got a radio face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he's got a great radio face. <laughs> Best ever. It's, well... It's, it's people like you, Al, that have all the hair that these deserve to be on television. I, I just don't know why you're anxious about that. <laughs> Every time I'm with you, I get insecure. By the way, <laughs> is this on tape? Because this is good stuff. All right, so let's... All right, uh, shall we get started? Let's uh, get started. Can we do... A, are we going to do a bit of an intro? I got an intro right here. All right. I mean, if you had showed up on time, and I could have walked you through what we're doing, but you just breezed on in. So let's just roll with it. All right, here we go. Ready? Seminary, in partnership with Missio Alliance, this is Theology on Mission, the podcast exploring God and integrating faith and life. Here are your hosts, Jeff Holsclaw and David Fitch. All right. Welcome to the Theology on Mission podcast. This is Jeff Holsclaw and Dave Fitch here. And, and we're today, not in the Griffith Conference room. No. <laughs> Dave's already protesting. We're not quite in our new studio. This is kind of I'm, on the way toward the studio. I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now because this room is very austere. There's no paint on the walls. It's it's it's. You're colorblind anyways. What does the paint matter? Disaster. But I'm okay. Blame this but we <laughs> today we have a special guest, Alan Roxborough, is joining us today. Alan is a pastor, teacher, writer, and consultant with more than 30 years experience in church leadership. He has directed urban training centers and served as a seminary professor. In fact, Alan teaches in numerous seminaries in the U.S., Australia, and Europe. Can, uh, I, uh, can I cut in here? No, that you can't. I'm, that's all right. Hey, heard. I'm trying Al to Roxborough introduce. is a major figure in the uh, oh, missional okay. movement, uh, beginning with the Gospel and Our Culture Network in the 90s. He's been a formative thought leader in the whole process. He consults all over the world, and he's the first guest we've ever had on this podcast where you and I have been on together. All so right. the technology has been a little rough, to say the least. <laughs> so you said what I said, just longer uh, I thought can, it was shorter. Can, can okay, you tell Alan or can you tell everybody about uh, the Missional Network? Uh, or should I read what I have here? Read what you have. Oh, okay. Thank you. I know about So it, the right. Missional Network is something that Alan also guides and leads, uh, and it leads conferences, seminars, and consultations with denominations and uh, congregations and seminaries all around the world. So, Alan, thank you for being here. If you still want to be here, which I'm, hey, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If you'll put up with us, Alan. All right, good. I can, say. I can get in there with the elbows like everybody. <laughs> oh, good. This is a hockey hockey talk. I think so. Hey, uh, Alan's a Canadian. We I, talk hockey. I know. That's why I went to the hockey route. <laughs> so, uh, so Alan, uh, before we get started, I gave you some questions, but I didn't give you this one because I wanted to get your first initial reaction. All right. So we call this the Theology on Mission podcast. For you, 
What does theology on mission mean? What is the importance of theology on mission? Um, I'm not sure about the preposition, but um, it, it is about the fact that we we are thinking and acting uh, around the question of, to put it as simply as possible, what is God up to amongst us and ahead of us? Um, so for me, it is bringing tradition and it's bringing uh, our, our, our understanding of who God is to the question of what is God up to out ahead of us in our own time and place. That, that for me, is at the core of a theology of mission. Excellent. So it's not, it's not primarily uh, sitting in a room and abstractly thinking about this. It, it's on the ground reflecting uh, on what it means to be people of God in our context. Excellent. Thanks so much. All right, so Dave— what exactly brings us together today? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Alan, who is quite a prolific writer, uh, has in the last oh, 12 months or so come out with two new books. One is entitled Structured for Mission, Renewing the Culture of the Church, and the other is Joining God, Remaking Church, Changing the World, The New Shape of the Church in Our Time. This last one a smaller book. I think it's maybe the smallest. Well, no, I can't say it's the smallest book you've written, but it is the simplest, most direct book I think you've written. Do you agree with me on that, Al? Yeah, totally. That was its intention. And so, yeah, it's just a great uh, pastor's guide to how to lead churches into mission with God. So I wanted to talk about that. We did a a review on Missio Alliance uh, recently, and uh, we wanted to talk about that review. So, uh, but first, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about the book um, and some of the basic concepts there you have in there. Al, Al, uh, you protest in the book that the current missional conversation has turned, quote, Newbegin's God questions back into church questions. Could you explain to us, uh, you know, some of your uh, ideas and maybe protest around that, uh, what's going on there for you? Yeah, sure. Um, the, 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 the formatively, this question of uh, what is a gospel engagement with the culture in which we live, for me, came alive um, 30, 30 or more years ago when I was a pastor, and I was realizing that uh, I could very effectively grow churches, uh, but I wasn't actually reaching my own generation, um, that the, the churches were growing because I was attracting people from other churches. So that raised a fundamental question for me of um, how does this gospel engage this, this rapidly changing culture? It was in that context that I met Newbegin. And uh, in my meeting with him and in my reading of his work, it became clear to me that his, his, his focus over and over again was on the question of God at work in the world as the primary agent. And he was wrestling and struggling, particularly in the context of the West, with how does this gospel of God engage our culture in the West? Now, obviously, that involves the church. But the point is, the church is not the primary locus of Newbegin's engagement. It's God. My own experience since then has been that 
um, particularly in North America, that insight, that direction of Nürburgring is constantly taken up and turned back into primarily church questions. And as simple as I can put it there, how do you make the church work or more missional or all of those sorts of things? So, um, and I put that down as a critique um, that's desiring to invite the people of God into a different imagination from that of trying to fix and make their churches work. I call it an ecclesiocentric focus. Um, so let me stop and see if that is making yeah. sense. And so uh, basically, I think what you're pointing out is uh, uh, a lot of the missional conversation of the last 10, 15 years has turned to fixing the church instead of reimagining what the church is. And the way we imagine reimagine the church is to place it within the context of what God is and what he's doing. Have I got you right there? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And and so if I were going back 20 years uh, as one of the authors of the book Missional Church, uh, I would say that even in the way we titled that book, we were demonstrating our own ecclesiocentric captivity. Um, I would have titled the book differently, How the Church Joins a Missionary God. Yeah. And so one of your great gifts to the church and, and what you do uh, with churches and denominations is uh, you take them out of the let's fix what we got mode into a mode of let's reimagine who we are and how do we go from there. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. Close. Close. <laughs> now, one of your favorite terms, and, and the reason why I'm talking about all this is all this is kind of put in a very succinct, concise but profound way in uh, Alan's book, uh, Joining God, Remaking the Church, Changing the World. Um, <clears throat> one of the things you say a lot, I've heard you say it over and over again over the years, but you say it in this book, the Spirit is going ahead of us into uh, the neighborhoods. Um, tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and what I'm describing is, is contextual. That is, I'm trying to ask the question, what am I discerning? What am I imagining God up to today? Um, and the because, from my perspective, churches and my oh my, like you, I've I've been inside a whole pile of them are, are focused on often on their survival or how they can become attractive, that sort of thing. I'm not saying that the Spirit of God has therefore given up on these churches. I'm saying that God's heart, God's spirit, God's desire for the transformation of the world is so critical that, that God, is, God is already out ahead uh, amongst people in neighborhoods and communities, and in that out ahead is saying to the churches, come and join me, come and discover. That, that's why Luke 10 is such a critical piece. So that's what I mean by the Spirit of God is out ahead of us. I am not, since this is a theological conversation, I'm Amen. not having a, a, a hook and dike conversation that says wherever people have great warm feelings for each other, there's the church or there's God. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that that the Spirit is, is turning in people in my neighborhood all over the place, mm -hmm. hunger and desire, uh, this whole conversation about neighborhood and common good, all of this 
are signs of the Spirit staring and saying to the churches, come join, come discover. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, uh, you wrote this book called Missional, Joining God in the Neighborhood, ninth, yeah. or 2011, five yeah. years ago now, where you have one of the best and, again, concise. Uh, this is where you're Luke 10, uh, where you go into Luke 10, right? Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I highly recommend it. In fact, my blurb's on the back still to this day on that book. <laughs> um, so, uh, so now, Alan, you... Um, get into uh in your book here that we're discussing joining god remaking the church you get into a list of practices and this is kind of staple al roxborough uh where you go into uh listening discerning testing experimenting reflecting these these ideas on how you lead the church by the way al roxborough teaches at northern seminary's doctorate in contextual theology and he teaches us how to open up the future of the church and move it into the future using these ideas. But anyways, that was a little commercial I just thought. Oh, no, no, keep commercialing. I think you've got a great program. <laughs> that was a nice product placement, Dave. That was product would, placement, uh, they call that. I'd encourage lots of people to go because it's a great, it's a great program. But um, could you tell us, uh, you know, I think I've heard you probably talk out of all those practices, dwelling in the Word uh, is kind of a staple for what you do with churches. Um, could you kind of talk about that a little bit as to why that's important, how that works? Uh, most, most people think, let's let's go study the Bible and uh, pray as a personal devotional exercise to increase my personal piety with God. Not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but you use it in a different way. Could you talk about it a little bit? <coughs> yeah, um, and in, in saying that, um, I, I just want to be clear that, um, like you, Dave, I have spent years um, dwelling in the scriptures, exegetically, reading broadly. Um, I can do it in Greek, and I can do it in Hebrew, uh, and, and, I, and I honor all of that. And I think it's really critically important for leaders. Um, having said that, uh, one of, uh, I believe one of the critical uh, practices that comes from um, you know, biblical times and um, the early church is the practice of discernment. Mm -hmm. and, and discernment is, is about how one communally learns to listen together for the directions and movements of the Spirit. And, and so when we work with, dwe with dwelling in the Word, with the text, we're trying to invite people um, the, the, the people of a congregation uh, into a space of listening and discerning what God might be up to among them. Now, the, the, the habits and practice in most churches through Bible study and exegesis is largely a deeply modern practice of how to get information or how to have control or how to, have, how to manage the text, or on the basis of the text, what are the six things I now need to do? And all of that is about what I would call human agency and control. And I, I'm, not, I'm not again all of that, <clears throat> but, but what I would say is it's a, it's a primary block to listening and discerning. And so dwelling is based on the, the ancient practices of Lectio Divina, uh, spiritual listening, 
And it's an attempt to say to God's ordinary people, together, we can actually hear the Spirit speaking to us in ways that read us and invite us into risk. So that's one of the primary reasons why we do the dwelling. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you one. Is it, is it possible to be with somebody more than 100%, Jeff? You're the mathematician here. Uh, no. I'm with Alan more than 100% on all that. <laughs> yeah, the idea of control and agency over the Bible for my own personal self-improvement with Jesus is a huge problem, I think, in my own evangelical church history. Uh, and it, it keeps us from being a communal hermeneutic for the gospel in the world. That's exactly right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, fantastic. Uh, now, uh, and by the way, that's all in Joining God, Remaking the Church, Changing the World by Al Roxborough. Um, so towards the end of that review in Missio Alliance, I started to try, emphasis on, try to, uh, because I get a lot of, uh, you know, I'm looked upon as the Anabaptist uh, kind of Amish guy in the missional <laughs> conversation. You can probably, how did that probably, happen? Well, they look at the way I dress and you the shoes I wear. You got stereotyped as the Anabaptist guy? That's amazing. I don't know how that happened. But um, I'm, I was trying to discern here. Um, you know, the difference between Al and me and some of the ways we think about missional engagement. And uh, I, I basically said this. Now, let me see if I can find it here. Alan starts in the neighborhood and shapes the church from there. I start with Christians gathered around the table in and among the neighborhood and then extend it out from there. So I see it as a point of emphasis and uh, I, so this is the way I've always seen uh, you, Alan, and, and uh, others in the GOCN. Well, not everybody in the GOCN uh, that come from GOCN. That's the, our gospel, our gospel and our culture network from go. the 90s uh, that started, by the way, this whole missional conversation. Um, where do you think I'm wrong? I see myself, I, in, in your words, Alan, I see myself as a little more ecclesiocentric than you are. What do you think? Um, well, I, I don't think you are because I know, I know your practice. You walk to your faith community. You live in your neighborhood. And By the way, Alan's been in my uh, my house, and we've sat around and uh, imbibed yeah. some wine, uh, discerning because the Christian Missionary Alliance says my church says I have to discern it. So I discerned it very carefully with you. Has he uh, imbibed more than the, once, Alan? Has he imbibed <laughs> the the uh, McDonald's coffee with you? Has uh, he gone Alan that far? Alan will not far? participate okay. in discerning the McDonald's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Go that ahead, is, Alan. Sorry to interrupt. Well, no, that's fine. I, I so I, I think that um, I, I would not read you at all as being ecclesiocentric. I do read you as as having a a deep love and, and passion for. Uh, the people of God, both understanding their vocation and living inside of it. Um, uh, secondly, and this might be more where our, there are some differences, is that I think you are more than I, uh, you're keenly aware of some of the, what I would call tribal conversations in evangelicalism. And you are seeking to um, 
assist healthy discourse and theological reflection around those tribal conversations inside evangelicalism. That's about the and, nicest thing anybody's ever said about me, by the way. Well, <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I would say, uh, without in any way being inappropriate, th- those are not my conversations. Um, I, 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 I spent many of my years inside uh, the evangelical tribe and, and would see myself as an evangelical, but I would say that the internal conversations that they have are not the ones that I've focused on. And, and that might be more where the difference is. Um, secondly, I, I would say that um, across, and, and this is a broad sweep, and so it doesn't, it doesn't include everybody, but I think it's general enough it includes most, is that um, what I argue in that little book, and I've actually now begun to play out in much more detail in a new book I'm writing, is that evangelicals overall who were born in modernity and shaped their identity in modernity are as deeply culpable of what I call modernity's wager. And and modernity's wager, which is not my phrase, it comes from a, a sociologist, modernity's wager, to put it in its simplest form, is this that at the birth of modernity, we came to the conclusion, and Kant says it best, that we can, in fact, through human agency, create the world in which we need to thrive, and we don't need God to do that. Mm -hmm. And so evangelicalism, in some sense, is a reaction to that, which is an escape into piety. Mm -hmm. Not always, but a lot. But, but here's my point. My point is that when I look across at most churches, particularly in the evangelical world, what fundamentally is driving them out of a deep piety is human agency. And what's, what, what, is, what is lost is the sense of God as the primary agent in the world. And I would say that is, that, that, that's the core um, work the core sense for me. So for me, it's not so much Al's about the spirit in the world and Dave's about Christ at the table. I think both are really, really critically important. For me, it's that God is, that that we've lost. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose you? Can you hear me? Okay, we just lost you for like uh, 15 seconds. We just need you to repeat the last 15 seconds. It's not that seconds. Alan's a part of Spirit in the World and Dave is oh, a part yeah, of Christ yeah, of the Church. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's not, you know, a continuum. You know, David is more Christ around the table, Eucharistically, which for me is absolutely critical. Al's more Spirit out in the world. It's not that. It's It's that as I look at the churches the thriving ones, the ones having all these conversations, there is a profound, there has been a profound loss of a practice and understanding that it is God who is the primary agent in the world. And I think that loss of God's agency is why most evangelicals have retreated into themselves and into piety. And so my work is one of how do we understand then 
this re-engagement with God as the primary agent. And for me, and it's not either or, at this point in time, it's not so much asking how do we make the church work or what is the church's identity. I think they're deeply modern defaults. It's like Abraham and Sarah, how do we go on a journey of discovering and discerning what God's doing out ahead of us? Yeah, and so uh, uh, I tend to, I, and I do think you're right, I think this is a question of emphasis. I think my ecclesiology is a little bit more driven by Yoder, Hauerwas. Everybody knows that I was deeply formed by those two yeah. individuals. Yeah. I've also got a bit Catholic, uh, von Baldassar, understanding of Christ the form and how we how we discern his presence uh, real around the table, uh, which then enables us to discern it in the world. Um, you know, uh, Al Hirsch is, uh, famously calls me a crypto Catholic. So, so uh, underneath, underneath, uh, somewhere uh, beneath what I'm talking about, I'm a I'm a Catholic. But all that to say, I have a, I start with the church and move it out. Uh, I sense with you and our mutual friend and a guy you work with very closely, uh, Craig uh, Van Gelder, that um, uh, because of your emphasis, the church needs to start with a confidence in the spirit in the world and build uh, uh, post that discovery. Uh, what, is, what does Craig say all the time in his books about do uh, find out who we are, do what we do, and then you know what I'm talking about? I know what you talk about. That's what Craig and I probably disagree because Craig, uh, and we disagree in love and care, not in any other way, but... We're all in love and care, man. We're in this together. Yeah. Craig is big on identity. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and again, I would argue that you have to ask the question, if this is a theological conversation, about wh- why, what happens when people go searching and say, we've got to, we've got to discover our identity. Um, I think part of what that means is that there's been a massive disorientation and dislocation. And in the midst of disorientation and dislocation, what we tend to do is, how do we grab back hold, discover who we are, so that from that base, we can then do something else? And I'm saying, no, that's precisely what you can't do. Hmm. And it's not that, which is why I emphasize practices, not identity. And it's why, for me, Abram and Sarah... Uh, fun. Just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What's it's the dog? Abram and Sarah are far more paradigmatic for me of how we need to live today. Yes. Abram and Sarah didn't sit down and say, "Let's let's rediscover our reformed identity." Uh, once we've done that, we can sit down and say, on the basis of now knowing who we are, we can create the actions that we need to do to be righteous and right. That's modernity in control. Yeah. Um, Abram and Sarah were were invited by this God to go. They knew not where. Yeah. Yeah. But it was trust. It was deep trust in this God out ahead of them that formed their identity. So, uh, I don't want to overemphasize that, but I am not big into 
let's sit down and figure out our identity stuff. Yeah, well, well, ladies and gentlemen, to all you people who are listening, uh, these kind of discussions are huge for me, and they're why people like Al Roxborough and Craig Van Gelder and other people uh, from different theological spectrums all over the place need to be in dialogue, need to be doing what we're doing right here today. Absolutely. Um, and so this has been a great, great conversation. This is partly re- what uh, Missy Alliance is forming to do, right? Yeah. Have these theological conversations across uh, denominations and traditions. Yeah, because uh, really, people listen to me and they might get the wrong idea about my emphasis. Being like when you throw all of the Reformation under the bus and say, why why they, bother? No, they got me right on that. I just oh, threw okay. the entire okay. Reformation. That was not a misunderstanding. <laughs> but, anyways, um, we've run out of time. This has been fantastic. Um, again, the book we've been mainly discussing uh, today is Joining God, Remaking Church, Changing the World by Alan J. Roxborough. And, and, of course, he's got a slew of other books which are important. Yes, well, thank you so much, Alan. And you can find his books on Amazon or other trusted booksellers. We're going to put a link to it on the podcast Absolutely. Page. And check out The Missional Network at themissionalnetwork.com. And lastly, the best way to say thank you for our podcast is to subscribe or and or review Theology on Mission on iTunes. This is Dave Fitch, Jeff Folsquaw. Dave Fitch here with Alan. You want to say sayonara or something? How do you say that in Canadian, uh, Alan? <laughs> in Canadian, please. I, 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 don't th- I don't think it could be allowed on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, au revoir. Au revoir. Oui, très bien. Uh, <laughs> blessings to everybody. We'll see you next time at the Theology on Mission podcast. <laughs>